With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Zach Celedonia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and yes, setting out a little bit of a sigh of relief because, number one, we got Flash Zach Celedonia right back on the horn here after some technical issues. What's going on, my friend? Yeah, yeah, technical issues is putting it lightly. My 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 phone wasn't working. My audio wasn't working. I I got allergies acting up. I I'm I'm going through it, man. I can't see at night <laughs> when I drive very well. I I'm getting very very close to thirty here. You can tell I'm getting older. Oh my goodness, I'm north of forty now. I'm catching up to Brian, who's like you know eighty or ninety or something. Yo, know, Brian, Brian was ready to jump on here. I said no. You know we've been we've actually been trying to do this show for like three days now. And uh, it's probably better that we didn't because now they finally got to speak some of the beat writers. That is on the Steelers beat got to speak to Omar Khan. So it goes right into the, what are the top off season priorities for the Pittsburgh Steelers? And, you know, it's just to jump right into this because I'm hoping flash that we could, we could repeat and come back and boomerang back around. Maybe Monday, we got some report cards and things to do and stuff, but uh, try to give the folks the content. You know what I mean? Uh, get on a little more consistently here as things ramp up free agency draft around the corner. And so there's like speculation out to, you know what? And I know we were talking offline. We were actually talking face to face for what little I could hear you with the audio issues yesterday, not good enough to record. And we're just sick of hearing the quarterback stuff. So let's say it though. Let's put it this way. I don't have quarterback as a top priority as much as everyone else does, because I have a decent feeling about how they want to, through the weeds with that but how do you feel about the top priorities what positions do you think are top priorities and do you have quarterback as a what you say top priority for the pittsburgh steelers this offseason well that's an interesting question for sure because i feel like a part of me does still believe in kenny pickett and wants to believe in kenny pickett and rightfully so i feel like when you listen to what armok Han has to say about the quarterback room and Kenny Pickett in particular, you gain a sense of security. If you think Kenny Pickett is the guy that they are still evaluating that and still have him as a likely option to be the starter in 2024, as far as calling it a need, I, I, 
I don't know, you know, that that's a specific term, but I, I do know one thing. I do know that they only have one guy under contract right now on the roster, and that is Kenny Pickett. So they're going to add to the room in some way or fashion, whether it's Mason Rudolph coming back, whether it's a journeyman, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's Justin Fields. There, there's a reason why this is being discussed across all platforms. Regardless of how you feel about Kenny Pickett, the theory that they're going to bring in competition for him or somebody to start over him or whatever, that that's a very real thing that is taking place in the Steelers organization right now. I actually, I'll get into your part two of your question in a second here, but there was a quote from Omar Khan today that I had to write down because it was pretty telling in my opinion, and it goes like this. So one of the reporters, uh, it might have been Mike Prejuda, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it was some typical popular Pittsburgh beat writer because he had the first question. Omar Khan clearly knew who he was. Like he smiled at him and stuff. So his question was, he phrased it like, I'm going to warm you up for the hell's row that you're about to be a part of here at the combine. And he said, are you trading for Justin Fields? Flat out asked him, are you trading for Justin Fields? And Omar Khan went on to say, I'm not going to go into details about the conversations that we've had, but like I've mentioned earlier, I have an obligation to work. I have an obligation to look at every avenue that's out there to try and make us a better football team. He had a chance right there to say, "No, Kenny Pickett's argument. No, I like what Kenny offers. I, I have a theory that we're going to bring Mason, etc." But he didn't dismiss the question. He answered it in a very political fashion, being like, "I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, I'm open to it. Nothing certain yet, but we're looking at mm -hmm. it." And a reporter to the left of him joked like, oh, well, what about Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins? Omar Khan doubled down and was like, I'm going to say the same answer. Uh, we're we're going to yeah. hold on on those. You know but what? My, my point is basically, sorry, but my point is yeah. he had a chance there to be like, no, we're, we're comfortable with Kenny Pickett, which in, in other parts of this interview, he did go on to mention that he, he is confident in what Kenny Pickett can become and they still believe in Kenny Pickett, but if he believed in him that much and it was that certain that Kenny Pickett was going to be the starter in 2024, he could have very easily just been like, no, we're not, we're not looking at Justin Fields at this point. He left the door open almost like a, a cat and mouse kind of deal with the Bears to be like, we're not closed off to the idea, but Omar Khan's good at what he does. I know he's only had one year in so far, but he's not an idiot. He's not going to make it known that he wants Justin Fields to everybody. I, I strongly believe they're they're in conversations with the bears but they don't want to give up anything more that than a third if they give up a second it'd be, it'd be pretty surprising but i think the conversations are there and thus i guess to answer your question long story short quarterback could be viewed as as a need because they only have one guy under contract and it's kenny pickett as far as the other spots the the playing board right now it, it's wide open free agency is yet to begin so that's going to affect everything with the draft as it always does. But this year in particular, just based off of what we know uh, and looking at the depth chart and listening to Omar Khan's first round of interviews and hearing what the prospects at the combine have to say about who they've met with at the combine, mm -hmm. it sure seems like the Steelers are turning over every stone on defense in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am a real big fan of the idea that they can get their, next franchise right tackle and center with their first two picks, one and two. But the closer we get to the action here, the more it seems likely that defense is on their mind for one of their, if not multiple of their top picks. 
and there's there's good defensive linemen, there's good cornerbacks, there's good safeties, there's a handful of defensive linemen I like, and they're they're taking time to meet with all of these guys. So, like I said, free agency can change a lot of things, but they're they seem to be really really leaning towards investigating the defensive prospects of this draft class, which I have no problem with. Defense wins championships, so. If they want to load up on defense, there's holes. You know, there's there's no surefire corner opposite of Joey Porter. There's no surefire defensive lineman outside of Cam Hayward and Keanu Benton and Larry Ogunjobi. The linebacker room could use a fresh face. I know Cole Holcomb's uh, battling back from an injury. Uh, we still have Roberts, Landon Roberts, but Juan Alexander isn't re-signed yet. So really what I'm getting at here is the Steelers have like four or five different ways they can go with their first two picks. So they, they're in a funny area here where they have a lot of needs quote unquote, but they're not a terrible team, but they could go a lot of different directions in their first two picks. Yeah, most certainly dude. Um, the, (laughs) there's, there's a couple things there that got, I'm pretty sure the, the beat writer that asked about, um, and what about Russell Wilson? And what about yeah. uh, everybody else? I'm pretty sure that was Jim Wexel. So <laughs> probably he's, Wexel. He's, Wexel's a dog, man. He does a good job. I'm a big fan of Jim. Yeah, as am I. Uh, so yeah, Omar's going to play the game. He knows how to do it. He certainly the Bears are probably intimidated uh, because of what happened with the Chase Claypool trade, giving up a second. They would like some comp- compensation back. Um, for oh me, yeah, that 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 worries me. That I'll just yeah. say right now, that worries me that we're all human at the end of the day. So yeah. there's definitely a part of Ryan Poles, I'm sure, the Bears GM and, and higher ups of that building. I'm sure there's a part of them that's like, listen, guys, we can't get taken for a ride again with the Steelers. We can't afford that with the fan base, our fans, opposing fans, because not a day goes by that they're not reminded that they took Chase Claypool for. Joey Porter Jr., essentially, who is the Steelers' number one cornerback. Looks like he's going to be a number one corner in the NFL. So they won that trade, and the Bears have been clowned, rightfully so, as a result of that trade. So that's definitely there. It it worries me as somebody who's open to the Justin Fields idea that they may be hesitant to do a deal with the Steelers because we're all human. So there's Mm -hmm. a chance that they're like, you know what, these guys, they know what they're doing. They're they're not giving us all of the information that they know. We're going to refrain from doing business with them because there is another suitor for Justin Fields outside of the Steelers. It sure seems like the Falcons and the Steelers, the Atlanta Falcons and the Steelers, they are the two teams that everybody is pointing to as the Justin Fields destination. However, there's a lot of stories out there, and you've got people like Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, like draft experts that know their stuff. They have been told, and they have a feeling that the Falcons are actually going to be really aggressive with this draft class, trying to move up to potentially draft a new quarterback. And um, when all of those guys are on the same page, there's a little fire to that smoke. So I'm not saying they're out of the Justin Fields running at all, but the Falcons are exploring multiple revenues with quarterback fields. I'm sure is a part of their conversations, but a part of me wants to believe or, or does believe that the Steelers and the Falcons are pretty much neck and neck as far as like, yeah, we're interested in Justin Fields, but we're not going to give away the farm to get him. We, we, they both, I feel like are interested, but it's going to come down. It's like a game of chicken with these two teams. Like who's going to give up the most. 
Omar Khan has showed in his short time that he's good enough to not fall for that kind of shit. But I think the Steelers, the Falcons, and wild card, the, the Raiders, are, are in play for Justin Fields. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was looking at the teams that – yeah, it, it, that's the that's the easy thing, though. It's like anybody, I mean, just even sitting in our chairs right now, you just look at it and it's easy to talk about because you're like, is the quarterback position settled for fill in the blanks for these teams? And it's like, you look at the top of the draft, is it settled for the Bears? Not necessarily, not with Fields, uh, but he was a number one pick, so can they move on, put him wherever? Well, the Steelers went and grabbed Dwayne Haskins, but they didn't do anything like to actually get Dwayne Haskins. Nobody wanted him by that point. He, you know, if you remember, it was the strip club thing. He got in trouble with the team with COVID and everything like that. You look at the Washington Commanders are sitting at number two because nobody's really talking that the Bears have picked nine too. So can they play chicken with this and then come back around if they like somebody else? Like a Marvin Harrison, would they make Marvin Harrison Jr. the number one pick or do something crazy like that? You never know. Um, but we've seen that backfire with teams too. Like Buffalo did that years ago with uh, Sammy Watkins, remember? Instead of getting the quarterback for Sammy, they just went and got Sammy. So there, there are, it's there are fans. In the, the, I, I follow a lot of other teams' fan bases the best I can to try to get a beat on their situation. And there are a good bit of Chicago Bears fans that want them to just stick with Fields, trade back, and get weapons for him. Because Justin Fields, I don't feel like he's good enough and he showed enough potential that the Bears wouldn't be looking to move on from him if they didn't have the first overall pick. Caleb Williams is, rightfully so, viewed as a generational quarterback talent. Whether or not you think he's going to be good or not, I'll leave that argument to a different day. Yeah, absolutely. But he's viewed as next up. Like, mm -hmm. like an Andrew Luck type player. These quarterbacks, every year there's first round quarterbacks, even in Kenny Pickett's draft class. But every year there's first round quarterbacks. Every once in a blue moon, you get a guy who's like, no, this guy is going to be good no matter what, basically. Like with the arm talent, the quick release, the ability to make all the throws from different angles on the field, the current style of quarterback play, Caleb Williams is viewed as that dude. And if the Bears had the second, third, fourth, fifth overall pick, uh, a big part of me, really all of me, believes that they wouldn't be doing this with Fields. I think it's just a matter of like, yeah, Justin Fields has shown enough to believe he can be a starting quarterback and a good quarterback in this league, and the Bears shouldn't, like, the Bears have done way worse at quarterback over their history. Like, Fields is actually like a breath of fresh air for them, I feel like, but they have an opportunity here to get possibly the next Andrew Luck, the next Patrick Mahomes. It, it, fill in the blank here, but th that's the type of player Caleb Williams is. So that's why they're in this conundrum, I feel like, the Bears, because if it were Drake May or Penix Jr. or Bo Nix, McCarthy, whatever, I don't feel like the Bears would be entertaining this idea. Yeah, and it depends on who uh, who wants to really give up whatever, not only for Fields, but what might they entertain for that top pick. I've said my piece on Fields. I don't want him. <laughs> I've, yeah, I know. We, I, we, we disagree on this. Part, I know. And it's, well, it's as simple. It's as simple as you've told me to my face that yeah. you just think he's reached his ceiling, which I don't think he has. There's no need to like get into like the well, look no, at this and look I'm at that. Gonna... It's it's really just that. Like we're. I don't think Kenny Pickett's reached his ceiling either. No. Like, I, I hope well, to God he has. Okay. Okay. So I want uh, this is something you deal with too because of the social media thing. You just think that people try and say you're on Kenny Pickett's nuts or I'm on Kenny Pickett's nuts. It's the fact that I don't feel that Fields has done anything to justify trading i saw one of the scenarios somebody threw out there was to actually trade Pickett the bears why would they want him if they're 
going number one overall and taking a different quarterback for an unproven backup behind, let's say, Caleb Williams. Uh, And then a third and a fourth round pick. And I'm like, no, I'm not giving up a top 100 and then also a fourth. You said, eh, well, it depends if that's like a a 2025 or whatever fourth round pick. Okay, but I'm not giving up player and two picks or even like a first or a second or something like that just because he's unproven. Nobody's going to give that up for Kenny. And then the same kind of like, People say, well, you make excuses for Kenny. Well, make the same. Are you making excuses for Fields too and saying he doesn't have weapons? He doesn't have an offensive line. I mean, look, Kenny did bad coaches. Kenny had Matt Canada. Kenny didn't have Deontay Johnson for a, a long spell of time. So if you got somebody that you're trying to develop or whatever, I guess a lot of it just depends on what's it going to take to bring them in. If it's like nothing and it's a bag of peanuts, let's say they traded a, like, I don't know, then they have the Steelers have a fifth rounder. I got to look and see what all they have. Let's see. The Steelers have, I think they have two fourth rounders this year. Cause I haven't gotten knee deep in the draft yet. They got picks. Compensatory picks haven't come out yet. So no, they don't have a fifth rounder. So like a sixth rounder or something like that, or next year's fifth, but they have two fourths. Uh, so a first, a second, a third, two fourths, a sixth, and a seventh. So pretty much just a high, uh, um, a pick a little higher than the fifth round. They give up one of the late, if it's a later fourth. Okay. I'm not going to be bent over it, but like I said, I don't really want the competing, like splitting all the shares. And I don't want this to be a big quarterback only discussion here. Cause there were definitely other priorities that you just came up with. Uh, but we did hear Omar Khan say that they have spoken with Mason Rudolph and they've, and he clearly put out in the public. He didn't do like, you know, the whole political speak, but that's a guy that's still kind of under their roof that they could negotiate with, that they don't have to wait for tampering periods. And they said, we've told him we want him back. And then we also heard back that we heard that Mason also wants to come back as part of this back and forth exchange. So that's part of it. You had fields to this. I'd feel okay with that, but man, I don't feel okay splitting it three ways, you know, splitting the pie three ways. What I was going to say is though, this, eerily reminds me of another off season with you flash, but the guy that was out there for the trade talks, even though aging was a little Aaron more Rogers. enticing. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, this is different though, because we don't have, they're not going to take a quarterback in the first yeah. round. Yeah. That, that, that's the difference of, of this. I, I, I agree that that, that was a different time in my life. And I, I still don't regret those takes because Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles on the MetLife Stadium, which is infamous for like hurting players' ligaments. So I'm oh, not going to see that. The Bengals are putting in the same turf at Paycor now. Of course they are. Of course they're, they're the cheapest franchise in the NFL. So yeah. I, I I don't wish injury upon any player ever. But like if if that's what they're willing to risk with their team, uh, more power to you. But the Aaron Rodgers thing is different because they, they the Steelers that whole off season it was always known or believed. They were going quarterback first round. The, the popular names from Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Desmond Ritter. They happened to get Kenny Pickett. This year, There's a, there was talk at the beginning of the offseason, and it's all seemingly died. There, there's, there's almost no one that believes the Steelers are going to take. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Epic 20, who would be there right now? Probably either Bo Nix or Michael Penix Jr. Because I'm pretty certain that Obviously, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels will go high, but mm-hmm. there's more and more talk that J.J. McCarthy will go high, too. Not that I'm a big fan of his anyway, but the Steelers, it wouldn't make sense for them to take the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the draft when Kenny Pickett can probably give you what they're going to give you as rookies anyway. And again, part of me still likes Kenny Pickett, and you brought up uh, the, the compensation. That's a big part of this, too. I've noticed that, you know, uh, whether it's, Pittsburgh radio jocks or people with their own blog site or people with a platform that they love to um, exploit for lack of a better term. They want their listeners to believe, Hey, if you want Justin Fields, that means you want to give up uh, the Steelers first round pick or their second round pick. That's not true. Folks. You can think for yourself. I am telling you right now as somebody who's open to the Justin Fields idea, I don't want to give up a first or second round pick for him. I'll go as far to say if they did that, I would, be less than enthusiastic. A first round pick, I'd be pissed. A second round pick, I would have to sleep on it for a few nights. But as optimistic and as biased as I can be, I don't want them to do that. Like, I yeah. want them to try to offer a third and a future fourth or vice versa. And if it has to be more than that, hang up the phone. But people that are, you know, on the radio or have these other sites, they, they don't want fans to like think their way through that or think for themselves. And it's so frustrating because I have the same arguments every day with people about like, Oh, you want Justin Fields. So you want to give up a second round pick. He's not worth it. No dude. I don't want to give up that much collateral. I don't think a third and a future fourth is that much at all. Yeah. The Steelers have hit on third round picks. They've also missed on a ton of third round picks. Your first two picks have immense, immense more value than your third and fourth round pick. And, And Omar Khan is good at what he does. So I don't, the, co- the compensation matters a lot, almost more than anything. But if people would just be more open to the idea of, of this, I feel like it'd be easier to talk about. And another thing with today's interviews about and, and today's interviews and the questions and the questions answered from Omar Khan and, and the Steelers brass, it, it sounds like they are open to the idea of a quarterback, a new quarterback. They're also open to the idea of Kenny Pickett being the guy. They also want Mason Rudolph back. I'm a unicorn. I'm very unique in this situation right now where I'm open to just about everything. Like every hypothesis or like theorized quarterback the Steelers might get, I can I can talk my way into how it may work financially, uh, franchise-wise, skill-wise. There's there's hierarchies for sure and there's rankings. You know, Russell Wilson isn't my first choice, but I feel like because of the fact that I'm open to the idea of Justin Fields coming in to be the starter of Kenny Pick getting Kenny Pickett getting one last chance, excuse me, or Mason Rudolph even being the guy. I'm open to all of these theories, so I see everything Omar Khan is saying and I I can read in between the lines and I can I can take what he's saying and, and compartmentalize it and, and figure out what what's true and what's not. I feel like people that are gunning for Kenny Pickett to be the guy. And I'm not I'm not shitting on those people because I I am also a Kenny Pickett guy, but the people that just want Kenny or nothing the people that want Mason or nothing, the people that want Justin Fields or nothing, they are zeroing in on these little sound bites and being like, oh, I told you, 
See, you see that? He said Kenny Pickett, they like him. Ah, see, I told you. They said they want Mason Rudolph back. Ah, see, I told you. They said they were looking at Justin Fields. It's like there's a little bit of truth to everything Omar Khan is saying. It's not all truth, but there's a little bit of truth to everything. And I feel like we're so early in this process that it's only reasonable to believe that all of those guys, Kenny Mason, Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, they're all on the table for the Steelers. But if you're like overly biased or you're overly rooting for one of those guys to be the starter, that's all you hear because humans have a tendency to hear what they want to hear and believe what they want to believe. I, like I just mentioned, I'm, I'm open to all of these guys to a different extent. So I can hear all of it and be like, okay, well, I think he means this and this and this. It sounds like to me that he's very noncommittal to who the quarterback is going to be in 2024. He wants to instill confidence in his young quarterback, who's Kenny Pickett. He wants to make the prioritized free agent quarterback, Mason Rudolph, feel wanted as well. And he wants to leave the door open to be like, yeah, I am looking at Justin Fields. I don't want to talk myself into a corner where I have to give up a second round pick for him, but they're looking at all those options. And if you want to see it, you can. Yeah. Did you see his other quote with that? Or the comment was um, Steelers fans were sitting at home on the couch. Like I was, this was Omar Khan saying it and watching the chiefs and 49ers in the super bowl. And I want that to be us. And I have an obligation to uh, get us there. It was a paraphrasing, but that was part of the, I'm looking at all the different quarterbacks that are, you're not going to shut the door on anybody. If they, exactly. if you hear something that's that's available or whatever, there's also a lot of bullshit out there. Let's face it. A lot of these sources, if they are sources, are going to leak things. Agents are going to leak things. They're going to, this is like, now, now you're dealing with the next two months. It's just everyone, like you said, playing a game of chicken. But it is 100% um the fact of the matter is, is that the Steelers have one quarterback under contract right now. So they're got to have somebody kind of come in and it's going to be somebody with experience. Mason Rudolph has experience. He falls under that category. Justin Fields falls under that category. Hey, I heard Russell Wilson might be available at least, you know, let's do our diligence. Cause you'd feel like a real big idiot. If the guy does go out there and play for a veteran minimum, as was another speculation or reported thing. And you know, uh, he just gets outright cut. The Broncos don't even trade him, and now you can bring in the guy for like a million dollars that's played and won in a, a Super Bowl. So these are the things you would be stupid to not look at it. The only people not stupid is somebody like, let's say, Buffalo or Baltimore Ravens or somebody that has a quarterback, an expensive quarterback that's already in place. Now, let me say this caveat because it's going to segue into another priority for the offseason, right? Um, er, I didn't have this thing set up. Hold on one second. Uh, well, I get this here. Spot rack has it here. I was going to say, um, it's the other site other than over the cap, but they have projected fifth year options for the rookie class. That's got, uh, that Justin Fields was in and also, also Najee Harris. So Justin Fields comes in at just shy of $20 million. Uh, if he gets option, he has to have that option exercised this off season for it to uh, take into effect. So there is a deadline for that. I believe there was a date and I'll find it somewhere. Yeah. If if it's during the regular season, that's crucial, but I don't feel like. Yeah. It's before it's, it's heading up sometime in this off season. Okay. 
because this will be his fourth year on his rookie deal, his final year. If you don't exercise or his new team that whatever, if Justin Fields gets traded would have to exercise that option in advance. And the same thing with Najee Harris. I was going to say that's going to be an offseason priority because Najee real quick, because otherwise I don't think running back is a priority. Uh, six and a half million dollars, which I think he does get option. That seems like a song to me. Yeah, they have till May 2nd, I saw. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And, uh, and, and Justin Fields, man, I don't feel like it might be because that looks like a big number and it is for most positions, but for if if the Steelers make that move and they believe Justin Fields can be their guy for a couple of years to come at minimum, $20 million for a starting quarterback, it's not a lot, especially for a starter. It really isn't a lot if he's good. That's actually kind of a discount if he's good. So that, that's one of my counterpoints yeah. to the people like, oh, if yeah. you're going to trade for him, you better be prepared <laughs> to pay the fifth-year option. If they trade for him, that's their intent, I'm sure. So the only thing I will like concede is that if they do make this move, and I think I said this, I said this when the offseason started, if they do get Justin Fields, there's no competition. If they make that move and they trade the draft capital and they guarantee the fifth-year option, he's a starter. So that's the only part of this Steelers- Omar Khan, Justin Fields puzzle that has a kink in it. And that is Omar Khan has doubled down on the whole, like Kenny Pickett, we just want competition for him. We want what's best for the roster. If you bring Justin Fields in or any of these guys, Russell Wilson, um, Kirk Cousins, not Mason, but any of those prized free agent veterans, they are the starter. You can't sell to your fan base. Oh yeah. We just give up a third and a future fourth. And we're paying Justin Fields twenty million in two thousand twenty-five to compete with Kenny Pickett. So that is the part of this puzzle that even I am struggling to understand because it sure seems like they're interested in Justin Fields. It sure seems like they're interested in adding competition for Kenny Pickett, but those are two different things. Justin Fields wouldn't be competition for Kenny Pickett to be the starter. So we're we're still really in the dark here. But Omar Khan's given us crumbs to try and follow the the, the maze here and figure out what's going on. <laughs> Um, but I mean, you're, you're seeing reports every day. Like you said, I just got sent a tweet like not long ago from somebody who has close to 10,000 followers on Twitter. And they said, they believe they heard the the deal with the Falcons for fields is already in place. So, yeah, I saw knows? that. I saw that too. And then there's a lot of fake accounts out there that you got to be, um, got to be privy to as well. I was trying to see, I, I thought, uh, they changed this where they can't rescind a fifth year option. I think this is how the Browns got stuck with Baker Mayfield and he was supposed to be getting paid like 13, $16 million several years ago when they'd already traded for Deshaun Watson. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a whole, that's a whole other, if you, if you bring in fields and now he wants that extra year or whatever exercise it, you're playing with fire. I think any team that does, because I let him go to the Falcons and let them deal with that mess. I, I don't want to deal with it. It's just, to I understand. Me, man. I, I, I understand. Stuck. Not everybody's going to agree on the yeah. whole, like I, I totally understand. And it's something so like, this is what I can't stand about the off season is like you and I are friends and we're co-hosts obviously. So it's easy for us to talk through this, but people get so like, I don't know if it's the, the desire to be right. I don't know if it's like the desire to, not be wrong like it, which mm -hmm. is the same thing i guess but th there is so much like turmoil and hate fueled in these arguments about quarterback like that's why i feel like even i am stressed out and I, i'm rather content in my stance that i'm open to multiple options but if you say anything about any steelers quarterback kenny mason uh the potential of justin fields or russell wilson 
you're guaranteed to get attacked by somebody. And it's like people that the Steelers have to play a quarterback. Somebody has to play a quarterback and, and you shouldn't get so mad at somebody theorizing the potential, especially when it's this cut and dry. Like people can roll the Justin Fields thing off their shoulder as much as they want. There's a reason why it's being talked about on every sports network and TV show and blog site and radio show. It's because that has legs to it. And again, you're talking mm-hmm. to a guy who believes in Kenny Pickett still, and I wouldn't be upset if he's the guy in 2024 because I think you you can justifiably believe give him this year, and then if it, if it isn't if it doesn't work out, then it's curtains. And um, but that that well, that's the beauty, I guess, in the in the ugly side of being a sports fan. It's like it's yeah. it becomes personal awfully fast, and quarterback is such an important spot that you're you're seeing it tenfold in the Steeler fan base right now. Yeah, and. Also, with that, with spot track in the 50-year salary. So when they redid this CBA in 2020, it's no longer just guaranteed if it's an injury or something that they could pull back. It's also based on performance if they've made a Pro Bowl, which is a joke, actually, but it's in it's in the list of like options if they've done this, that, how much playing time they've had, et cetera, et cetera. And that ends up being almost depending on where it's at, like uh, as much as a franchise tag, it's actually kind of yeah. crazy. So, uh, but anyways, I, I that, that's a good point because regardless of who the quarterback is, there's other priorities this team has to meet and whether or not we want to defend a, a take and say, well, Justin Fields has played poorly because his offensive line sucked. Well, Kenny Pickett has too. So that's the next thing. And that's actually something that Omar Khan brought up. And it was funny because you actually tweeted this. This coincides with Segway from quarterbacks. Wasn't it that uh, something about, well, Mason won't be here or something like that. And then you had to try. I saw your tweet. and It was like, Mason. what happens is I get the alerts on my phone, right? Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you got I had my, to you see got it was notifications like turned on, bro. Well, you're part of my bells and whistles. I keep tabs on all of our folks here under with the underground part, right? But it was like you were talking about Mason Cole, and uh, it was Mason Cole that was being talked about, and not Mason Rudolph necessarily. So, um, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah, I was like, Omar, was you might want to be a little more specific given the gravity of the situation. He, he his quote was, <laughs> he, he was asked about the guys he's let go so far, and he's like, yeah, um, in dealing with guys like Presley and Mitch and Mason and Chooks. We found that it was better to, to like let them test free agency, knowing they're not going to be a part of the 2024 team. And I was like, "Did he say Mason? Is, was that a Freudian slip that he's just letting him go?" And uh, then like 10 minutes passed, and I was like, "Oh, he means Mason Cole." I blame Omar Khan. I, I did nothing wrong there. You got you got to be more aware, buddy. Like it, Mason yeah. Rudolph is a topic of conversation <laughs> in this town. Mason Cole. It's like say Mason Cole if that's who you mean. Yeah. So, anyways, just to clarify too, I, I just before I move on from all of this. If the fifth year option is exercised, it becomes vested when exercised. So that's a $20 million hit uh, coming to a salary near you. Now that you could rip it up, restructure, extend, well, not restructure, but extend and redo the contract like they did with Trubisky, which I wish they would have never done. And I feel that's like one of the worst mistakes of this new regime, unfortunately, with Omar Khan, but he's pretty much learned from the master, Kevin Colbert, who I believe will be a future Hall of Famer as a general manager. That being said, all of a sudden we've jumped to, and we're talking about Mason Cole, we're talking about putting an offensive line against who, who, in front of this quarterback. 
one comment that came out of this was Broderick Jones was drafted to be a left tackle. They're going to get him as a left tackle. Great. That's what we want to hear. That gives you a little more wiggle room because right tackles usually aren't taken as high. Or if the Steelers jump at one at 20, let's say they wait until free agency to address this. Or they've done it in the second round. Success and not success sometimes. Marcus um, Gilbert. One of the dudes that was a very long time probably should have been uh, more decorated than he ever was, but was a second round pick. They can get a right tackle, okay? Because now they don't have to leap, trade up like they did for Broderick Jones, et cetera, et cetera. But everyone's looking in the middle of the line like, oh, they got to draft a center now. Well, there's still free agency before that. There's not a whole lot of dudes maybe hitting free agency. And I just kind of wanted to talk about how big of a priority that is. I think it will be. Uh, there's people that are already talking about, well, Spencer Anderson is going to play center. We don't know that. We don't know if uh, Nate Herbig is going to play center. Well, they moved James Daniels over. Well, James Daniels was listed. We were talking about this just yesterday off air. He listed as a center when drafted, but is he played center in the NFL? You know what I mean? He is like firm. He's firmly the, the right guard on this team. I don't think he's going to end. I don't think, I think if they were going to do that, they would have done it last year when Mason Cole, everyone's oh, the surprise shock and awe from the people where he got released. And it's like, did you see where he was snapping the ball? Like it was at everybody's shoelaces. Like, come on, they got to fix that position. Does that mean they're going to go and uh, grab somebody in the first round? Well, doing my little bat thinking and my quick uh, bat analysis, the old Adam West Batman, they had the huge computers. I don't have any of that. I just have the Google machine. So Usually, I did this a few years ago, anywhere from three to five centers. Usually it's three, maybe four trickle out of the top 100, right? But you have about a quarter of the NFL that's playing guys that are drafted late rounds, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, or not drafted at all playing center. That doesn't mean they're going to be doing good, but I have at least the confidence that maybe the next guy, even if it's Spencer Anderson, isn't going to snap the ball at you know, Kenny's knees or Mason Rudolph's shins, or even God forbid, Mitch Trubisky, you put these guys behind an extra half second to a second and their whole and throw off their whole rhythm. It ain't a wonder it's crap. So it doesn't matter if you go out and Aaron Rodgers was going to play, uh, uh, you know, behind this offensive line last year, it would have been tough. So yeah, I think, I think center will be addressed. I think it's going to be, let's talk about how the Steelers usually do this because Omar Khan followed the same pattern last year. He signed Patrick Peterson and then he drafted Joey Porter Jr., which I think corner is still going to be there. I think we'll get the defense next because quite honestly, do you see them really doing anything at running back? I don't. Do you see them doing anything at tight end? I don't. Tight end, tight end, maybe as a later round pick because you don't put too much stock into their interviews and who they're talking to, but I have noticed they're heavy on defensive interviews right now at the combine and on the offensive side of the ball. It's like, yeah, tight ends and, and linemen. I haven't yeah. heard too much about receivers, nothing about running backs, nothing about quarterbacks, but tight ends are, are a sneaky spot that I, I could see them trying to replenish there just because the Friermuth extension is an unknown right now. Um, Connor Hayward to an extent is an unknown right now because he, he could be gone at any second. Washington still has a, a lot left on his rookie deal, but I could see it being a sneaky spot. But as far as yeah, running back, no quarterback, no receiver. I'm interested to see their receiver interviews because that's a spot where I like Calvin Austin. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But the Steelers haven't really committed to him or figured out a way to use him uh, properly. He's had his moments, and like I mean, the big touchdown against the Raiders thrown by Kenny Pickett, mm-hmm. um, the reverse where Jalen Warren pancaked the dude. I think it was versus the Bengals. Um, he he's had his moments, but it, you have to be aware that they they have shown their hand a little bit in, in desiring somebody else to be wide receiver three. I still think Maybe. Calvin Austin can be good, but and especially because Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I mean, let's just be real for a second, dude. They could be gone tomorrow, any second, either of them. It doesn't make sense for the roster, but they're both such wild cards. They're both so outspoken, especially Pickens. And 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 the shock jocks of Pittsburgh have recently turned on to this theory that Deontay Johnson might not even be here for the start of the season. So in the Steelers, it's kind of like defensive line. When the Steelers draft a receiver or a defensive lineman, regardless of round, you're like, okay, that guy's probably going to be good. Like they they have really good scouting in the defensive line and receiver department. Um, especially in in the earlier rounds, they'll miss on later round guys. I'm sure. Like you can think of like Demarcus Ayers, LT Walton. Oh like my the, goodness! They're, they're, yeah, they're, like seventh round guys. Yeah, I mean, there's guys who really don't work. Miss. But if yeah. they pick a receiver or D lineman within the first four rounds, chances are that guy's going to be somewhat good. They they know what they're doing in those spots, and they're always looking to replenish, which which I don't yeah. hate. Yeah, well, Demarvin Leal, we'll have to see. Uh, the yeah, reason Leal, Leal is like the poster child for guy I always forget is on the team. Yeah, you know what? It's the salary caps historically risen like 30, 40 million, whatever it was more than what they thought of. So now we're back. We kind of reset to what it might've been after COVID kind of destroyed um, some of the, some of the salary cap, some of the money that made it really tough to compete. Ben Roethlisberger's contract and having to have him take a pay cut, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And roster building. They just look at the numbers. They look at Deontay and they're like, wow, he's a cap hit of 15.8. They would save ten million of that, but you're also, I think, handicapping the team, and it's and it's the final year of his contract, and who knows what ends up happening there, right? Um, Allen Robinson's the guy that's got to go. He's got that old contract that carried over from uh, Los Angeles, and he's thirty one or thirty two years old uh, as the season starts. Oh, yeah, he's gone. He he, he's so gone. He saves ten million dollars easily, easily, and I, I he has like a twelve million dollar cap hit. So I think he's gone. Patrick Peterson, we've alluded to whether or not he can still play as a corner, but they don't. That's the reason why we're looking there, and we can look at offensive line. I'm not going to say that they're not going to take a center, but they don't have to jump at twenty because I look over a corner the same way you were, and I'm saying, okay, if there's not somebody that's a right tackle that's a sure fire, this is a guy that's going to be like. 
long-term 10-year starter. I think you need to get somebody that's an anchor. You can't swing and miss. So if you go with the guy that has like three last names as the center from Oregon. Jackson or, Powers yes, Johnson. Yes. We called him Jackson Powers Jackson the last time. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. Um, Powers and, Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, okay, you're right. Yeah, okay. You're right. Or he's Johnson Powers Jackson. It could be either. Or the, yeah, I guess above. so. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you just made me forget because now I jumped the Van Pran. Uh, Zach Frazier. Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. other one. The other one. Um, and you get guys from like you know big college programs, smart, intelligent players. But just like Creed Humphrey fell to like fifty-eight or something to the Chiefs. One of these guys, I think one of them goes probably before the Steelers second round pick and the other one or two is going to be there maybe, or they get a little bit of an inkling. They got a feel on the pulse and then they make a move and they do something like they did with Broderick Jones. So they don't necessarily have to jump right away, but you look at old mother Hubbard's cupboard is very bare in the secondary. We were discussing this on who stays, who goes like whatever other players, Demonte Casey's 31 years old. Keanu Neal, he's still a little younger, but injury prone. They bring somebody that's 31 or so back, 30, 31 years old, like an Eric Rowe as Terrell a veteran player. Edmonds. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, still very young. He'll be he's back. He's going to be a free agent. Uh, yeah, I, I just wrote this on the website just the other day. I think I said it maybe here on one of the other shows, too. Why not? I'm and almost I'm almost positive, dude, especially because the Titans, they got a new coaching staff. That's where yeah, Edmonds yeah. went to the Eagles and got traded to the Titans basically for pennies. He was part of a package deal. Titans got a new staff in there. Edmonds is a free agent. Steelers love reunions. Edmonds was good for them. I totally believe Edmonds is, if you're going to put money on a guy to sign with the Steelers this offseason, Edmonds might be your safest bet. And, uh, dude, the way... You talked about centers there for a second. Got me going because I've been on this since the Jackson Powers Johnson talk began. And I think he'd be a home run of a draft selection for the Steelers. However, to be a first round center, you have to be viewed as, and it isn't just my opinion. This is this is factual in the NFL. You have to be viewed as a future Hall of Famer. That's why Pouncey went in the first round. That's why the the Cowboys guy who retired because of injuries. Um, Travis Fre Frederick. Frederick, Frederick yeah. yeah. Like, if you're a first-round center, you're viewed as like, okay, this guy's going to be in Canton in like 15 years. And it isn't anything against centers. It's just that dating back or relating back to something I've talked about before on the show, the four most important positions in football are quarterback, left tackle, cornerback, and edge rusher. Those are the most four important important positions in football. Those are the guys who are the most commonly taken in the first round. Those are the guys who are franchise pillars to a successful football team center. Although very valuable teams just don't take those guys in the first round. It's almost like a silent agreement amongst all 32 teams. Like if you're going to take a guy in the first round who plays center, you're saying, okay, I think this guy's going to be a hall of famer. And if Jackson powers, Johnson can be, that's great. But I don't think it's necessary to take him at 20. If they would take him at 20, I would assume, okay, they think he's going to be an all pro, which which is great. But they they totally can sit back and take a guy like a cornerback in the first round or yes. a tackle in the first round. Or, I mean, dare I say, a, a defensive lineman. I know like some people are like, oh, they don't need one. You can never have enough good defensive linemen. Um, and I think this is also a very deep center class. You know, Jackson Powers Johnson and Zach Frazier from West Virginia are lowly, largely viewed as the top center prospects, but there is a guy from Duke and a guy from Georgia. 
that are flip-flopped as the three, four commonly, they're going to have their pick of the litter in the second round if that's what they want to do. They don't have to take the first round guy. However, if they think Powers Johnson is the next pouncy, go for it. But you're exactly right. Center isn't a spot that needs to be taken that early, especially with this roster right now where you can make an argument for tackle, corner, defensive lineman. Um, even, even I guess, again, linebacker would be a stretch to an extent, but there is one guy who's viewed as by far and away the best linebacker prospect in this draft. And I heard a rumor that the Steelers like him more than any other team, just based off of what we've been able to see and hear based off of interviews and and, um, meeting with these prospects. The Steelers love Texas A&M linebacker, Edrin Cooper. He, He is linebacker one. He's the only linebacker of this class, middle linebacker that is potentially viewed as a first round pick. He's a do it all linebacker. He is the ceiling to be like one of these guys, like a Fred Warner or Tremaine Edmonds or or a Matt Milano, a guy who makes an impact, not just a a steady starter we've grown accustomed to. So uh, that's even a street the Steelers can go down. They get Edrin Cooper and they get Zach Frazier in the second round. That's a good start to your draft. Um, The main idea with the first two picks, especially in today's NFL, is you pick two guys who can start or heavily contribute as rookies. And um, with all of the spots that they need right now, tackle, defensive back, linebacker, defensive line, anybody they pick in those first two picks, they should at least be getting worked into the the starting rotation within the first few games. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, you take a center. I still think it's going to be like the pattern is, is that they sign somebody in free agency and they pair them up with a rookie. And I've said this before. I don't know that I'm necessarily banging my fist for like a Brian Allen from the Rams. Got released a little early. He was hurt the year before that, lost his center job, was playing uh, guard, had a huge contract that he had signed, unfortunately, and then got kind of hurt. And then it's more of a cap casualty, go explore options type thing. That's the kind of guy that they could sign that probably isn't going to break the bank, that's still under 30 years of age, that has experience as a veteran and can play more than one position on the offensive line, then they go and hit their draft target. But if they miss their draft target, somebody leapfrogs them, goes to 18, and take. they really like the guy from Oregon, but let's say they don't like the guys from Georgia or whatever. You know what I mean? That's not where they want to go. Then this is somebody that can play. You know what I mean? Uh, will you trust them more than Mason Cole? I sure hope so. And I think that's what they were looking for with somebody like Mason Cole is that they knew that Kendrick Green didn't work out. And I can't fault them. Uh, everybody's always going to look at, well, they took Pat Fryermuth over Creed Humphrey. They would have had this whole thing solved. Creed Humphrey was far from a surefire thing. You had him and uh, Landon Dickerson both in that same draft coming in with some question marks. People will be like, what question marks? Well, some guys had injury history. Some guys had this. There's a reason why they were like second round picks, okay? Uh, to, to, Steelers, to, the, to those arguments, Fryermuth's yeah. ceiling is that of a top five tight end. He oh, just, absolutely. Injuries have kind of derailed him. He's not a good blocker by any means, but his receiving ability, he can hang with the best of them. And a tight end can be a game breaker. And yeah, and could they... best friend of a quarterback, especially a young or an aging one on the way out to help him maybe win a last Super Bowl. I exactly. don't fault it. And, mm-hmm. and like, I mean, Creed Humphrey, in a perfect world, you can do that every class and pick out guys who have been better. But all things considered, saying that he's the only one that would have been a better pick than than Fryermuth, that's a good haul for them, that class, I feel like. And another name, to watch out for because I looked up free agent centers recently in the midst of all this talk 
And uh, a guy they liked who's going to be a free agent, unless he's tagged or signed, is uh, Lloyd Cushenberry from oh, the yeah. Broncos. He's up for a contract. And there was a lot of Lloyd Cushenberry talk in Pittsburgh when he was uh, in his draft class. So yeah. that's another name that I feel like just based off of how the Steelers operate, they probably still have tabs on him. They might look at him too. And um, one thing the Steelers are, whether it's been Colbert or Khan, is consistent. They, they've evolved a little bit over the years, but they're still the same team. And I, I feel like um, that theory that they may sign a free agent center or a free agent corner and, and still draft high at that spot is likely. It's just covering your bases. There's there's nothing wrong against that, especially because with this new salary cap, the Steelers are actually um, the, last year they were able to sign guys like Cole Holcomb and Patrick Peterson and Isaac Sumalo, among others. They signed like six or seven dudes, like four of which were impact guys or more. Um, there, he's Omar Khan's going to have more money this offseason to work with. So whereas I thought at the beginning of this free agency period, tackle in particular might not be able to be addressed because it's so expensive. There's a chance the Steelers could sign their starting tackle or center or cornerback to this team this free agency period and knock a need off of the draft list. It's just right now, obviously, you know, February 29th, we don't know what they're going to do right now, but they're going to have more money to work with than they did last year. And last year's free agent class, by all accounts, was a revelation in the Steelers franchise. They, they never signed that many players, let alone to start for that amount of money. And now he has more. So this is all going to change the closer we get to draft time. But um, they, no, they, they have a right. lot of options. Yeah, I wonder the same about corner. Um, we do talk about drafting, but I also wonder if there's any free agent targets. Seems like there's more than there is in the tackle market when it comes to free agents. But a lot of familiar names at cornerback that they've already run through, like a Steven Nelson, who I think is recovering from an injury now. Um, Akella Witherspoon is another one. Artie Burns is probably floating around out there. These are guys that they've already uh, put through the paces, didn't work out, and they're gone already. They're not. Th those are not the kind of returns you're looking to bring back to um, to the Steelers. But uh, some of these guys are like, you know, pushing the same 29, 30 years old and just how much of a, you know, they've already been second contract guys. I keep, been guys keep your eyes peeled for Kenny Moore. I like Kenny Moore. I was in on Kenny Moore mm -hmm. being a trade target when the deadline approached because the Colts like, I guess they were fighting for a playoff spot. But Kenny Moore was a name being brought up in, in trade circles when the deadline was approaching last year. I really like him um, because I don't think he'd be that expensive. And I think he's still good. Legereus Sneed, I feel like, is a pipe dream. I know I just went on a tangent about how we have more money, and but he's <laughs> he's the top cornerback free agent. And like, no matter how good you are, if you're the top guy on the corner market, he's gonna get a crazy contract. Like, well, so I, I don't foresee him as a potential stealer. Well, franchise tag was he exclusive or was he? No, um, no, they can explore trade off. They, they can. Oh, he got the other tag. Okay. Yeah, yeah, non-exclusive. So teams non are teams are welcome to trade or or, or make a counter offer for Sneed. But it, this guy's gonna Sneed's gonna be making like close to twenty million a year. We don't have that kind of money for him. And whereas that'd be super exciting, I would be so shocked if if they were to make a move like that. Kenny Moore much more realistic. I feel like Kenny Moore can probably be had for like a two three year deal. Averaging 10 to 15 per, maybe a little less, not everything guaranteed. So that's a name I really like as a possible uh, stealer. Um, there, there are other names too. So it goes across the board. Like the Steelers yeah. are in a unique spot. I mentioned before, we're in a very quiet, subtle rebuild right now, but 
that means there's a lot of spots that they can look to upgrade and adjust. But you have to let free agency come before any of those decisions or decisions are final because the free agent class isn't like it's not out of this world, but there are multiple spots they they can look to upgrade and, and add guys to another name that if he if he doesn't want to retire an Eagle, I know the Steelers for a fact tried to trade for Fletcher Cox like two years ago. He's super <laughs> old now, but it, he's a free agent and he may probably just want to retire an Eagle. But uh, about two years ago, uh, it was a confirmed story that the Eagles wanted a second round pick for Cox and the Steelers were offering a third and, and wouldn't come off of that third. So there's previous interest there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anything will come of that, but just something well, to chew on. That's something, two things I didn't explore here. Now, number one, why are we talking corner? It wasn't just because Pat Pete, whether or not he may still be around 33 years old, all this other stuff, uh, cap hit, but there's no more Levi Wallace. There's no more Chandon Sullivan. There's no James Pierre. There's literal holes all across there. And then if they happen to feel DeMonte Casey's too old or Keanu Neal's injury prone and they move on from one is, of these is, guys. Is Levi, Levi's up? That was his, that was Levi's his last year. up too. Yeah. Levi's oh, okay. going to be yeah. free agent too. So there literally is nobody else yeah. next to Porter Jr. Unless you roll in. How old is Patrick Peterson? I feel like I'm always calling him such an old man well, and he definitely lost a step, but depending on if they repurpose him and play him somewhere else, you just don't want to, you don't want to create more holes on this team. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, that's part of the problem. And you're very right about defensive line uh, as well. I know we keep jumping back and forth, but Andy Whitehall is assistant GM and that's what the Eagles did. They just had like eight guys that they rotate around. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but they had more than just your starters yeah, no, you're and close. they were able to keep them fresh. Close. So yeah. So they definitely, the Eagles were all about corners and defensive line. And guess who you have here? A guy that comes from that school of thought that's in the front office. Yeah. You can't get enough good defensive linemen or good or good defensive back play. I, I, I totally agree. That's a spot where I've matured over the years. I remember growing up and, and watching the draft as a kid. I always wanted us to pick like the, the Richard Mendenhall Lima Swede draft was one of the happiest moments of my life. I was like, yes, we got a running back and a receiver. Let's go. And like, but the, the older I get, the more I realize loading up the trenches, if they pick any defensive lineman or offensive lineman, I, I I'm like excited because I just know that those are the money spots. You have to be good at those spots. If you're good in the trenches, the rest will follow. And secondary is almost equally as important. You can never have enough good corners or defensive linemen. One thing the Steelers, I feel like, fell victim to during Cam Hayward's career was after the days of Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, and Javon Hargrave, okay? After Stephon Tuitt hung it up and after Javon Hargrave left, the Steelers were, like, okay with just putting Joe Schmoes and nobodies in late-round picks around Cam Hayward and saying, okay, go to work. And Thankfully, they they got Keanu Benton last year. I just hope they don't give Keanu Benton the same treatment as Cam Hayward being like, you're good enough, you're a beast, so we're just going to draft like fifth and sixth round picks and sign journeymen. It doesn't hurt to reload the defensive line because those are big boys. They get tired, they need reps, and as you mentioned, the Eagles are a great example of if you have a rotation, like the Steelers start three defensive linemen. If you have five Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let alone six. Then you're, you're sitting in a really good spot where you're always going to have a guy coming off the sideline who's fresh, whether that's Cam Hayward, Keanu Benton, whoever's out of the starters, and they bring in a guy like, you know, Brandon Fisk, the, the guy from uh, Clemson. The Steelers have met with a lot of the defensive lineman prospects and a lot of the cornerback prospects, showing me that it, even though free agency hasn't occurred yet, they're they're covering their bases ahead of time. If they're not able to get a defensive lineman or a cornerback, they feel like is worthy of starting multiple games or multiple snaps in free agency. They are doing all of the homework on these guys, which is what you want to see because, as previously mentioned, defensive line and cornerback, like defensive line edge rusher, they they are important spots, and that's how you build a championship team. You, you have to cover. You can't if you're gonna. If you're going to cut corners at any spots, the trenches in the secondary and quarterback are, are the spots that you can't cut corners at. So right. they, can't, they can't do enough research with defensive line and cornerbacks, in my opinion. Yeah, and we haven't mentioned any edge rushers because we feel they're pretty flush. There could yeah. even be yeah, Marcus Golden, if he comes back, would be like the fourth guy behind Nick Herbig. They got Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt, obviously. Or maybe Bud Dupree. Is I almost look at sniff around. I, I would love Bud Dupree back, but I almost look at the edge rushers the same as I look at linebacker, where, but but less less of a need. Edge rusher is a spot where yeah they're set with their two starters. You got T.J. Watt obviously in Highsmith MVP and, and an All Pro caliber caliber player, and you got Herbig who who flashed as a rookie and Golden if he's back. However. In Steelers fashion, if they were to get a guy in the second or third round who just fell because the best player available and he's a great edge rusher, I'm not going to scoff at that. They could yeah. use they could use the relief, especially because these past two years in particular, we've seen unfortunately T.J. Watt get hurt for a lot of games, and I don't want to acknowledge that reality that he might be getting older. But to have a backup who is a step above a guy like Herbig, who's still he he's he flashed, but there's no guarantee about Herbig and Golden could be gone to any second. So edge rusher is a spot that I haven't noticed them go out of their way to like interview guys or anything, but it's still early in the process. And that is a spot that like linebacker and defensive line, the Steelers are still the Steelers at heart. And if they were to draft a linebacker or an edge rusher early, some fans may not like it, but you can almost guarantee that guy's going to play a significant snap sometime soon. The Steelers have an idea of what they're going to do with that guy. So edge rusher is a really sneaky, not a need, but it's a spot that I could accept as an early draft pick just because of that. Like it's just as simple as that. I I love Highsmith and I love TJ obviously, but they're, they're not the deepest at that spot. No, that makes a ton of sense, but I think we've kind of, we've rounded the bases um, forgot to mention this as well. Senior Bowl, Isaac Williams, who's an assistant offensive line coach with the Steelers, was down there as one of the coaches down in Mobile, Alabama, and got a very crisp, uh, close look. He was on one of the squads along with another offensive line coach from the Colts that was operating those units. So they got to look at all these guys like front and center too and run through the paces. Um, you're right about the corners. There was a few of them. I think Nate Wiggins, Quinion Mitchell were at least two of the names because Mitchell was the one who said who's the greatest player in like Mac history or somebody asked him something like that. And he said he was, which is yeah, yeah. kind they of did, funny. They, over, did, 
they didn't meet with Mitchell yet. They didn't meet with oh, Mitchell yet. Somebody I, else I, asked. They was they were going to meet with him. Yeah, yeah. We Wexel yeah. asked about him. I I like Mitchell and he fits the bill. I mean, he's a, he's a Mac player and he's he's really really good. So I like Mitchell. But the, yeah, they did meet with Wiggins, the the Clemson cornerback, and they've met with the they met with um who who's a white dude from Iowa, Cooper DeJean. Cooper DeJean. They met yeah. with Cooper DeJean. And, That's so uh, funny. It's like, yeah, we know he is the dude. first white corner in like 30 years or something. They're going to get Jackie Robinson, baby. The reverse. <laughs> it was like, so they're, I forget they're, they're, who the last was, but Jason Seahorn's the only other guy that ever comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, so. and exactly. Yeah, Seahorn, the goat. They're, 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 <laughs> they're you know, people that people love to make fun of people like myself. And they're like, oh, they're meeting with everybody. Yeah, they're meeting with a lot of people but you still can look at what they're doing and get an idea of what they're thinking. Like they're not meeting with every single prospect, but they've made it a point of emphasis to meet with the top corners, the top defensive line and the top linebackers over the past few days and say what you want about, Oh, they're going to meet with everybody. They're not meeting with everybody. I think they are purposefully looking at those spots because they, they, they can add a, a starting cornerback or linebacker or defensive lineman in free agency, but if they swing and miss, they have to know this class because they aren't deep at any of those spots. Yeah. Hey, put punter on the list too. But I, I would do the guy from Iowa. Get, get, get Cooper DeJean in, in the Iowa punter. Make it an Iowa affair here. Tina would love that. So that'd be right in her wheelhouse. We have one more thing we got to cover that we didn't talk about. Because we've talked about everything. We talked about the trenches. We talked about the skill positions. Definitely hammered quarterback forever. Um, Bill Hillgrove, happy trails in retirement. Thirty years, the Steelers play-by-play announcer. So it's gonna things. Uh, you know, Iron Cope retired. I remember how different it was going to Tunch. Tunch with his battles and passing away, moving over to Craig Wolfley. Now you're gonna have a whole new. And Max Stark sometimes is in there too, but. As part of the radio broadcast, it's going to be interesting. It really is. So, um, different uh, times are changing, man, constantly. So, I always like Bill. Bill. Bill's one of the few, the proud, the media members that never, like, I felt like he never talked down to fans or people like myself who had ideas or theories. He was always very, in, he's, he is, he didn't die. He's very, he's very inviting and very, like, he's open to talk to fans where, that's kind of been lost in, in the media circuit, especially in Pittsburgh with people that have this kind of like entitlism and uh, don't want to entertain conversation with fans. But Har Hargrove is always a great dude. From what I could tell, um, straight shooter, great announcer. I didn't listen to much of the Pittsburgh broadcast. I, I don't, I'm never really bothered by the CBS or NBC broadcast, but I know a lot of Pittsburgh fans would Turn off the TV sounds and turn off uh, and turn on hard. It's out of sync. It's out of sync. Yeah. But um, what I like to do is actually at the games, I have a little pocket radio. I don't always bring it in, but sometimes I have somebody annoying that's sitting next to me, and I'll put I'll plug in at least one earpiece, and then you hear if somebody's down on the field because then you know the cameras pan away. You don't always see it if it's a you know depending on your vantage point and where you're at on the field. And there's a bunch of bodies usually around that player, and also then you get to also hear too, almost like you're in the stadium. And then you hear like almost an instant replay and you're like, oh man, how, how much was that? Oh, that was a, a 32 yard reception by George Pickens or something. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So I, I enjoy doing that. So a happy retirement. Congratulations. You know, Bill Hillgrove, uh, you know, the, those type of jobs to, to hold those down. There's only 32 of them around the league. So uh, kudos for him. And I, I can't even think of a time where he 
hasn't announced it like if he was sick a day off anything like that and these guys have to travel and everything else too i mean a lot of times they're sitting in the press box with the windows open it's cold weather and everything so you know it's uh there's a grind to that the other one was going to be real quick because i don't know how much we want to get into this but there's a lot of oh your clickbait and everything is just going around and take a look at this if you see it straight up the steelers report card from the NFLPA, the Players Association, treatment of families, an F minus, which I didn't even know was a grade. And they're not the worst, but I heard this has to deal with daycare or having to pay for daycare. And it, there's a lot of people ripping the players in the comments. And they're like, wow, millionaires have to pay for this just like everybody else. And a lot of it is just like some amenities or additional benefits aside from salary. Food in the cafeteria was pretty decent, but man, they ripped a uh, nutritionist, dietitian gets a D. Locker room gets an F. I always thought their locker room was actually pretty decent, to be honest. I have been in a few of them, um, even the Cowboys. Uh, Dallas Cowgirls cheerleaders, or the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, whatever you call them, Cowgirls. <laughs> uh, they have an awesome locker room, too, if you tour that stadium. They have, like, the giant makeup mirrors and everything in front of all of them. So maybe, maybe the guys here in Pittsburgh are a little jelly about that. Training room, D+. Training staff, C. Weight room, C. So guess what? They got all new weight staff and training staff that's coming in. Some guys have been retired. Maybe that has to do with some of the injuries and stuff that the team has seen. Maybe there's a, there may be, you know, we, we've seen something fly under the radar. And I know like Garrett Piedmont, some of those guys have been around for a long time, but maybe they were shown the door. Uh, maybe they were quietly asked to walk away. Maybe some other things, but I also think some of this, they see team travel strength coaches was a B plus, which is weird. So the actual coaches, including ownership got an F head coach got an A team travel was a D. So does ownership get an F for maybe they don't have bet. They want better facilities. Um, they didn't rank dead last in any of these, but they were pretty close team travel. I think plane, they had plane issues this year, the Buffalo situation with the games getting moved and how they shuffle these guys around and move them. Maybe that was a sore spot. How much do you weigh into some of this as being, you know, on a happiness scale? Head coach was fifth, and a lot of people laugh and they, you know, they poke fun. But you know, Tomlin is who he is. Uh, people come here to play for him, but other teams see this, and now you got to attract free agents and bring them in. Just uh, hopefully, some of this is getting communicated, and maybe if it already was, or they were promised something by ownership. That's the reason why Art Rooney gets an F and is 31st out of 32 teams on this report card. Yeah, I um, I hate I hate to say that I I think it matters, but I do think it matters. I, I if you want to look at it as a compliment to Tomlin, that's a that's a positive spin on it that Tomlin is viewed as the fifth best coach in the NFL to his players, and he's the only thing of the report card that got an A. It's a testament to him, and I feel like. We kind of all knew this was the case without seeing the proof behind it of the report card for a while here. The Steeler way, the Steelers being old-fashioned, the Steelers not wanting to change things, it it's coming to a front. And I um I think Rooney would benefit from being open to advancing and evolving and, and adjusting a little bit. You have to listen to your the these grades were given by the Steelers. <laughs> like so so it isn't just like fans or media members saying this is what I saw, this is what I think. This is coming from your employees. It's like a, it's like a culture survey. So I would like to think that 
it can be a sort of a wake up call because it, unfortunately, I feel like it correlates with the Steelers being left behind as of late with this offensive movement in the NFL lately. Like it seems like the Steelers are, are hanging on by a thread and they're good enough to be competitive, but they're just not with the Kansas city, the Buffalo, the bang, like the Ravens, even though ironically Kansas city's stuff was ranked bad as well, but they have Patrick Mahomes. So that kind of is irrelevant, <laughs> but it, yeah. I feel like there is a little bit of credibility behind this because they could afford to adjust and make, make some, Dude, I mean, you're talking about a freaking weight room. Like, like put the money in and, and upgrade it. If that's what it's going to take to get the morale going and help your players, the locker room is dated too, dude. They there, There's a, a screenshot of the pit locker room and the Steelers locker room. The pit locker room is way more up to date and way more modern, and they share the same practice facilities. So when yeah. you have a college team, not even a good one, outside of Kenny Pickett's years and Larry Fitzgerald years and Dan Marino years, when their locker room is better than the professional team in the same city, that's a bad sign. And it's it's like any other work environment in America, any other corporation. Everything's got to be clicking. Everything's got to be on the same page. So I was happy to see that Tomlin was regarded as highly as he is. Yeah, look at that. It's a pit locker room. But um, the, the Steelers, yeah, I, I feel like they could afford to open up, <laughs> open up their ears and change some things. I mean – AR2, Rooney Jr., he's not doing himself any favors because there's already this idea out there that he's not his dad and will never be his dad. And I feel like, ironically, he's almost trying to be too much like his dad with these old-fashioned views. It's like, dude, the NFL changes. Times change. They, they've got to make some adjustments because I, I can't sit here and, and, and pretend like being the second or third worst-ranked team in all these categories it, is just nothing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um I think the common thread with the Kansas City Chiefs and getting blasted there, guess what? Both teams, the Steelers and Chiefs, go to a college campus for training camp, and it's a D3 campus in the middle of freaking nowhere. So, yeah, I think that's part of it, even though I know that um, some of the amenities there at uh, St. Vincent College at Latrobe were actually upgraded over the last several years. But these guys at least have air conditioning where the other guys, you know, the old timers have that badge of honor. Like they were just sweating it out and basically freshman dorms or whatever. Yeah. I can and, imagine uh, a lot of the yeah. younger players being drafted. That's the Steelers what it is. Don't really see the, the allure of being at St. Vincent exactly College. It. If you think about it during the COVID years, I was thinking about this too. And it was like they actually practiced in the stadium. And then if you weren't happy that any of that's changed, you haven't experienced anything else. If you're most of the guys on the Steelers are young, your older, your older players are like Cam Hayward and stuff like that. So a lot of these guys are coming from the areas such as, well, I mean, Kenny Pickett, he votes for this. That's his locker room. You know what I mean? He was just in that a couple of years ago. Yeah. So uh, I'm assuming that was recently. Uh, I mean, it looks more comfortable. Be the, the padded chairs looks like there's more than 18 inches of ass space to sit in a little cubicle or whatever. There's a spot. It's well lit. You can double up it's, with your boy. Yeah, I know exactly. Like pull up a chair. That's all you're getting is the chair. You don't even get a stall. You might have to share like a locker with somebody else. But anyways, dude. Uh, I mean, it's it's disappointing to some degree, but. It's not the uh, end of the world. It's not the end yeah. of the world. I just want to give credit to the fact that it, it does matter, but it, it isn't the end of the world. Yeah. A, as just mentioned, the Chiefs were ranked really shitty in all those categories too, but they have Patrick Mahomes. So you you can you can get around this, but yeah. and adjustments you know, should be made. Some of these teams, they have, you know, 
come on now. The, now, I was going to say they have brand new stadiums like the, the two L.A. teams probably have state-of-the-art accommodations, the Raiders being in Vegas and moving. Anybody that has a brand new stadium, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing in, you know, it was, what is it now? It was TIAA, Bank, Everbank, whatever it is, and the cons, um, oh, not Omar, but uh, yeah, well, there's Tony that's uh, the AEW guy, and then his dad, Shadcon. Shad, Shadcon. Yeah. Look at that, man. Same thing. You got all these beautiful, like, um, it got like uh, swivel chairs, like you'd have like these $300, $500 conference room or office chairs and stuff like that. So, uh, and that's in like very old facilities. Now, I'm, I'm going to also assume that's. They have different practice facilities from game facilities and stuff like that. Some teams actually do practice at or near their, like the Bengals, for example, their practice fields are right outside Paycor. So every situation isn't the same. It's hard to just lump it in, but good Lord. Yeah. I was like the Steelers locker room still impressive for me to look at as an outsider. But when you put it up against one of these other guys and they come over, like you got an Allen Robinson that just came over and has been in these different areas where they've refurbished stadiums or stuff like that. Or you got a guy that's come from a top flight college program. It's it's chopped liver. Like you need to do something different here. So that's the most I'm going to, that's all I'm going to say about it. Put a bow on this show. Went a little longer than what we wanted to, but we needed yeah, we needed a good one here, and I think it was a good one. Thanks for joining us once again. My friend, any other closing remarks? Uh, don't thank me, brother. I, I'm happy to be here, and it was overdue because I haven't been on for a while, and we had those issues yesterday with my phone. So happy to be back, happy to provide answers to the people, whether it makes them happy or pisses them off. I'm always transparent. I'm giving you the fullest flash at all times. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. We tried to go on uh, Tuesday, too. It's just nothing was working for us, dude. Like, we couldn't get the schedule lined up then. But now we're back on the horn. Hopefully do it again sometime soon. So don't forget to like, uh, comment, and subscribe, folks. Till next time, my name's Joe. His name's Flash. And we encourage everyone out there, as we always do, to close out the show, to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.